Welcome to Road Trip, where we explore all 50 states uh, in the United States, uh, hopefully plus the territories of Puerto Rico. Um, but uh, today we are exploring Virginia, a place near and dear to my heart. I uh, have lived in Virginia my entire life, specifically central Virginia. Uh, and uh, that's primarily what we're going to be talking about today. So this is part one of our Virginia episodes. Uh, where we're talking about specifically the experiences in central Virginia. Uh, so um, before we get to my guests, a couple of real quick facts about Virginia. Virginia was one of the original 13 colonies uh, colonized by the British in, Ameri- in the Americas. Um, it is known as the Old Dominion. Uh, it, uh, one of its slogans is Virginia is for lovers. Um, the state flower is the dogwood. The state bird is the cardinal. Um, and, uh, there's a lot of different foods that we're going to get into that Virginia is known for in just a little bit, but I want to introduce my guests. We've been best friends for almost 20 years now. Uh, we met in our freshman year of high school for those of you doing the math. Uh, I'd like to introduce to you the... One of the most genuine human beings I've ever had the pleasure of knowing, Mr. Jimmy Nickerson. Hey, Jimmy, Hi, how are you, man? Hi, doing how good. are you, man? Good. Doing thanks, good. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's great to have you. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and get started just with some basic conversation. Um, sure, sure. So uh, we have been friends for, gosh, almost 20 years. It's crazy. Time flies. Uh, time does we, fly. It does. Uh, but so let's start with where do you live in Virginia? How long have you lived there? And let's kind of talk your overall experience. Hi, um, I was born in Petersburg and I've lived in Chester, Virginia, pretty much my entire life. And uh, um, I went right. to Thomas Dale High School. I studied at the University of Richmond, which is in Richmond, which is the capital of Virginia, which is really cool. And, um, yeah, that pretty much sums it all up. Yeah, uh, for sure. So you, you grew up in Chester, um, which is, where is that in relation to Richmond? So Richmond is, is a city, right? It's the capital city of Virginia. Uh, where is Chester in relation to Richmond? Chester is probably about a 10, 15 minute drive south of Richmond. Okay. So what kind of area are we talking? Are we talking urban, rural, suburban? It's suburban, but there's been a lot of development and a lot of industry build up in the area. I know Amazon has a big warehouse there. And guess who's coming to Chester, Chad? Who is coming to Chester? Lego. Lego is building its first manufacturing facility in the United States in Chester. Wow. I did. That's crazy. I did not know that my, my uh, hometown uh, is, is coming to really flourishing right now. That's awesome. Uh, I knew about Amazon. So Amazon came into Chester after I moved away from Chester. Um, But uh, you can't go. So there's one road in Chester, right? Like one main road in Chester. It's route 10, mm-hmm. uh, goes all the way. I believe route 10 goes all the way up. Uh, I don't know if it's like route one where it goes all the way up to Maine and down to Florida, but, um, I do know that 
um, if Route 10 shuts down, everything shuts down. Yes. Uh, so um, I do. I know that I've come back to Chester for like events and to do some community theater stuff over the years. And I've made the mistake of getting there around the time that the um, Amazon facility would let out. So I would literally just be stuck in traffic. Uh, for... Well, they're actually building something in Chester near actually where you lived. It's called oh, really? a super street. Forgetting this. Is that what all that construction is? Yeah, it's called a super street. And oh. it's supposed to like regulate, self-regulate traffic. Is that like what that little thing is like right before you turn onto Riversbend Boulevard? Like that, all of that construction that's right there, like on Route 10? Yeah, that's like, a part of it. Like almost like right when you get off 95? Right. Oh, okay. Yeah, that I, yeah, that's crazy to me. Um, You know, uh, so let's talk a little bit about living life in Chester, right? You know, so you've got a lot of industry there now. Mm-hmm. Um, my, you have... What I always thought was interesting about Chester is socioeconomically, you have a lot of socioeconomic diversity in that town. Very much so. You've got Rivers Bend, you've got Stony Glen, uh, which are these two, you know, areas that are, they range from upper middle class to relatively affluent. Um, And then you've got areas that are um, middle class, and then you've got areas that are probably the people you know, living there might be struggling a little bit. Um, How did that experience shape you as an, you know, living there, you know, you, you experienced economic diversity in a way that a lot of people may not, Um, you know, you probably, uh, did you have friends from multiple different demographics, both, well, let's talk economically first, then we'll get into other demographics as well of, of multiculturalism. How was it for you, um, knowing that not everybody had the same circumstances. Did you know that? Did you notice that growing up, or was that something that you weren't really aware of? Talk a little bit about that. Uh, what that was like for you? It wasn't as obvious as I would think now, right? Um, especially as a teenager, because you know we we all did theater, and I just my main focus was you know acting and. But, but, you know, growing up and looking at it retrospectively, it was sort of like, wow, we did have friends who were struggling. And, you know, it just, and, and we, and it was a big mix because we had some kids who lived in like $500,000, houses. And we had some yeah. kids who, you know, might have been living in a hotel or their car. Or their car. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it It's crazy. Just, And I think that Chester kind of represents the micro is like, it's a microcosm that represents the entirety of the United States. Right. You know, I think you, you have that everywhere. Like, I think that you, you have that experience where it, it's, it's kind of upsetting, but also eye opening that right. you know, so many people can be, you can be living next door to somebody who's a millionaire and have nothing yourself. Um, you know, and it's, it's awful. Um, and the, the disparity of wealth between people in the United States, specifically through Chester is something that needs to change. And hopefully, you know, um, with all of these industry jobs coming in vocational jobs to an extent coming to, uh, Chester, hopefully that can help with that. Uh, that mm-hmm. would be nice. So Lego and, and Amazon, listen, listen, do your, uh, 
do your due diligence and, and treat your employees right and give them fair wages. I'm, I'm, I'm yes. telling you, I'm asking you very kindly to do that. To, yes, most to, definitely. To my friends and family in, in my hometown. Uh, so let's talk now um, other forms of diversity. Uh, how? Let's talk about uh, race and ethnicity. Um, is Chester relatively diverse? Um, did you have a diverse experience, you know, meeting people from different backgrounds? And if, if so, how did that shape you as a person? I would definitely say so. I would say that, you know, growing up, we did theater and we had a really diverse theater group. Right. But I also noticed that there was a lot of, like, self-segregation that went on mm -hmm. while we were growing up. Yeah. You know, a lot of people would tend to, you know, and, and it wasn't just race. I mean, there was it, there was, it was a socioeconomic thing as well. Right. Where people would, you know, it was very clicky, you know, right. it was like, oh, the rich kids would hang together and it's like, oh, the theater kids would like, but the theater kids were a diverse group. We That's were. what I liked about it. That's true. We, we hung out with people not, that would not have been in, uh, you know, social cliques with each other would hang out together. And I think that that's another point to the importance of the arts for sure is that it can bring people together. Um, so you would mention that, that self-segregation, so to speak. Um, Virginia, for those of you that did not live there, um, probably has, is probably, and correct me if I'm wrong, Jimmy, historically, Virginia is one of the most racist states that's ever existed. Um, and I say that from a government perspective, you know, with, with oppression and beyond the slavery, after slavery, you know, um, Jim you know, Crow. Jim Crow and and all of, you know, the laws that really, really created a lot of pain and suffering in Virginia. And uh, that dates back to a period um, called massive resistance. And that yeah. goes back to the 1960s where, you know, you had the federal government trying to integrate the schools. Yeah. But you had the states and local municipalities resisting that. And. Right. And basically saying, you know, we're we're not going to, you know, allow, you know, African American students and white students, you know, inter, you know, intermingle, which, you know, which is really sad. It it yeah. really it, it really is. It is incredibly sad. Um, it, it's very sad, and I think that it's telling. You know, you had mentioned that term. Uh, self-segregation, I think that that might be a symptom of that, right? Like, I think yeah. that is a, a consequence of the amount of uh, intolerance in our state historically. Like, I, I used to get really annoyed with people being like, oh, everyone should just hang out with everybody. It's like, well, no, you, we as a society need to make, you know, make an environment where everybody feels welcome. And Everybody right. feel, feels like they can be a part of it. And and I think that that is, you know, incumbent upon oppressors to do that. You know, if we, if we have been, if we being people, you know, white, straight male specifically uh, have, have been in the position of being an oppressor for so long, then it is on us to create an environment in which the people who have been oppressed or, and their ancestors have been oppressed, you know, we need to create an environment where, they feel like they're welcome. Um, and that you know, was an abject failure by yep. our state government. 
Yes. And hopefully no, it'll get no doubt about it. Absolutely. And hopefully it'll get better uh, as time goes on. Um, let's talk about other forms of diversity in Chester. We know uh, Chester is very racially diverse. Uh, I do remember that I, I moved to Chester in 2003 and I lived in an area that was very homogenous before that. And then when I moved to Chester, I saw um, people of different backgrounds than me um, for the first time, honestly, like truly for the first time um, I went to school with, you know, students of different ethnicities. So I, I said that to say that um, Chester is very racially diverse, which is awesome. Uh, it's also, you know, I, I would imagine there are other, um, you know, forms of, uh, of diversity in different um, communities in, in that in um, in Chester as well. Um, talk a little bit about. Let's see. I know we have. We were kind of lucky um, in the sense of like, uh, you know, we again had that experience with diversity in theater. Um, let's talk about some some minority um, experiences that may not be as visible. Um, so how would it have been growing up if someone was, I don't know, um, a religious minority or if somebody had a disability or if somebody, um, was a part of the LBGT community in, in Chester, would that have been an easy experience for them? Um, would it, would Chester have been accepting when we were kids and what would that experience be like now? Things were a lot different when we were younger yeah um it was very difficult um we we had a friend named ahad who ahad, who, shout, who, shout out to ahad he's been on the show and we we had people who were mean to ahad as a religious minority yeah and part of that was because of some stereotypes coming post 9-11 yeah and I was just literally appalled by, you know, what I heard that it happened with that. Yeah. Well, has been on the show. Uh, we talk all about his experience. If you want to go back in the archives, it's one of my favorite episodes we've ever done. Um, hi, hot. If you're watching, love you. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's not just, you know, religious minorities. I mean, it was hard. It's very hard for LGBT yeah. folks. Um, things have improved quantumly over the past several decades um i mean when we were young i mean you had don't ask don't tell yeah um still in effect what you know let alone you know marriage equality being a thing right that was yeah and somebody please correct me if i'm wrong like and i'm not saying you know i'm not a part of that community so i i can't say but uh um, I, I, I think that things are still a struggle for, for that community, like any, any community that, you know, is, is still has its history in being oppressed. But, um, like things like pride month and, and things like that were, were not, I don't really remember them being a thing when we were kids. Am I wrong on that? Um, or were they a thing that we just didn't hear about because it wasn't as like safe for them to, you know, for us to hear about that? I don't think it was as prominent. Yeah. 
Got you. Yeah, I, I'm not sure either. Um, but I do know that, you know, it, it's good that we've made strides in the right direction towards, you know, inclusion and acceptance. Hopefully we can continue to do that. Most definitely. Um, so two other areas I want to talk about real quick. A big part of um, acknowledging Virginia culture is acknowledging we acknowledge the history of oppression when it came to, um, you know, race. Um, within the 20th century, but we also have to acknowledge the imperialism of the indigenous populations of Virginia. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see, so talk a little bit about your experience with that. In Virginia history, we do learn about the indigenous populations. Um, how was it framed for you as a kid, though? Was it framed as the Europeans were oppressors, or was it framed differently? for you in elementary school? I know what my experience was, uh, but I'm interested to know what yours was. Um, I don't know. It was really weird. Um, it, I, I, I call it the Disneyification of, <laughs> yes. of, um, of history. Yeah. And, um, you know, just looking at you know, how the English settlers, you know, who first came to Jamestown in 1607, and um and just looking at you know not only you know how they were received by the indigenous population here in not only the united states but here specifically in virginia in central virginia yeah yeah but um i believe if i'm not mistaken that we were received kindly at first when it seemed that we were interested in trade. But once we started a bringing disease and B trying to take land, which both of those are horrible things. Yeah. It it was a more contentious relationship for sure. And then, well, what's interesting is you, you mentioned the Disneyfication. Uh, we live about 15 minutes, 20 minutes, maybe, eh, actually it's probably a little longer, maybe like 35 minutes to an hour from Jamestown. Uh, spoiler alert, if you've seen the Pocahontas movie, there are no <laughs> there are no 100-foot waterfalls in Jamestown. I- I'm sorry to break it to you. There's also no talking raccoons that I'm aware of or, <laughs> or, or talking willow trees. Um, sorry, hate to break it to you. Also, Pocahontas was not like this... 20 year old adult who was making these decisions as far as things goes, you know, she was a victim of oppression. And she was also not married to J- John Smith. No. 